Hello there. Welcome to Writing Into the Void with Sienna. I'm your host, Sienna Abbott, and thank you so much for joining me this week. This podcast is where I read you my original short stories. So sit back, get cozy, and enjoy this week's episode. Hey y'all, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so glad you could make it, and I am very excited to share this week's story with you. So it actually came to me in a dream, per se, because when I woke up from this dream, um, I talk in my sleep, so I woke up and I was saying what was happening in the dream, and so it was really vivid in my mind, because I guess I had been speaking. I don't know. I'm kind of weird like that. And then I went and I told my family members and then I wrote it down. So I had it memorized and I am not using exactly what happened in the dream because it was a dream and therefore some weird things happened that don't make any sense. Um, But of course, this is fiction, so it doesn't have to make perfect sense. There can be some oddities, but things like including Home Depot as my job don't need to be um, (laughs) added to this story, in my opinion. So anyways, I left out that exciting detail. Um, But if you want to think of a job that I have in my dream, I worked at Home Depot. So there you go. But anyways, I kind of just want to get right into the story. It's kind of Stephen King-esque, as usual, kind of. (laughs) Not that I am comparing myself to Stephen King, because he's amazing. And um, yeah, exactly. But yes, it is darker. It's eerie. Eerie is, I'm just going to call it eerie. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's dig right in. Dig right in, jump right in, whatever. This short is called Room 236. The list in my hands was dimpling from rain I failed to protect it from. It's not that the piece of paper wasn't important, it's just that I was soaking wet and it's a miracle the paper wasn't drenched. Apparently you have to be prepared with an umbrella when it rains because we don't have technology that magically generates umbrellas yet. I faltered as an elbow rammed into me and reminded me I was idling in the middle of a bustling sidewalk. I had been staring at the elegant hotel before me, all clean stones and marble pillars. Not modern, but vintage chic. It already held my heart. I moved away from the annoyed New Yorker glares and passed through the sliding glass doors. The receptionist greeted me with a smile worn only for security cameras. I showed her my sad-looking paper. I believe a friend phoned the hotel and said a Haley Trenton would be visiting to look at one of the suites. An overblown smile took over the receptionist's face and her cheeks burned red. Oh yes, of course. You must be Courtney's friend. If you need anything at all, please do not hesitate to ask. We would be honored to have you stay here. But any friend of Courtney's is welcome to preview the hotel and specific suite and make sure it fits your standards. We have set aside room 236. It's our most expensive and classy lodging, but no cost to you, of course. I nodded in appreciation, but the desire to get away from this fake human being was all-consuming. I'll just take the key and have a look around now if you don't mind, I said, holding out my hand to receive it. She scrambled for a second at her desk before realizing the filing drawer existed and located room 236. She handed the key to me, which was actually just one of the plastic cards the doors recognized. 
written in cursive letters was, Enjoy your stay in room 236 from Sunshine Suites. Their happy logo of a sun with sunglasses sat with a cheesy grin next to the message. Thanks, I said as I hurried away. The lobby was filled with the usual murmuring businessmen propped up against columns and sipping drinks from the hotel bar on plush chairs. I evaded collision with a pair of ladies, presumably sisters, as they gawked at a man who suited their fancy. When I reached the elevators, I debated taking the stairs instead. Two flights wasn't much, and it couldn't hurt, except it could because quads and stuff. The button to go up flicked on, which settled my inner monologue. In a breath, the elevator door slid open as the carrier arrived. Classical piano played once inside, and ads for the finest dining around, tours of the quintessential New York experiences, and self-promotion posters for the Sunshine Suites filled the wall space. It was quite trashy for a high-end hotel, but advertising seems to find its home in elevators. The lift halted to a stop. Much dimmer was the lighting on the second floor than the hospital brights of the elevator. I continued to flip the card over and over in my hands. 228, 230, 232, 234, and just what I was looking for. Suite 236. The numbers protruded from the wooden door, crafted out of a polished gold. The wood of the door was stained a beautiful mahogany and carved like an intricate jewelry box with images of flowers and vines sprawling up it. I held the key card to the sensor and saw the satisfying flash of green light. The technology felt odd coupled with the beautiful woodwork, but I reminded myself a metal key wasn't something I wanted to deal with. The door swung in, and a wave of humidity greeted me. When I walked into the room, the heat intensified. The room itself was expansive and filled with a king-sized bed with a beautiful coffee bar and sitting area. Perks of an expensive suite. A shut door on the far right of the room had steam creeping out from underneath. I presumed it was the bathroom door, which explained why the incessant sound of running water seemed to come from behind it. I walked to the door and put the back of my hand against it. Not sure what else I expected, but it was quite warm. Clearly the shower had been running at a steamy temperature for a while to cause all the condensation in the room. I opened it a hair and peeked through. Closed doors always have a way of unsettling me. More specifically, closed bathroom doors. I've heard one too many stories of bodies disposed of with meat grinders and showers, blood baths, and of course, Stephen King's The Shining's infamous bathroom scene in room 217. But the baby blue shower curtain was pulled back to reveal a quarter of the tub, and there was nothing gruesome to be seen. My shoulders slid back down to their normal resting spot beneath my ears, and I opened the entry fully. The basin's water was mere inches away from splashing over the edges as more droplets rippled the water. Steam cascaded down the edges like dry ice. With a shaky hand, I gripped the curtain and counted to three in my head before tearing it back to see the rest of the shower. Ripping it off like a band-aid is a method I apply to most situations in my life. To my delight, there was no severed bobbing head or purplish-blue foot to greet me. Just more water in the knob to turn on and off the water along with the shower head above. The drain was open, but the incessant stream seemed to have been too much for it to handle. I twisted the knob until the water shut off and a beautiful silence filled the room. Except I realized it wasn't beautiful. It was actually rather eerie since the noise had been coming from a shower on full blast, high heat, for who knows how long. Could have been a previous guest, but... They knew I was arriving, so the maid surely would have come here to tidy up and replace the linens. 
I decided I was done with this suite. Courtney had arranged for me to visit multiple hotels to pick my favorite. She was just extra like that, along with a recklessness with money that she could afford, unlike myself. So there was no harm in saying no to the first stop, besides the fact I wanted this to be a quick and easy process. I already had a distaste for staying in hotels, so the whole ordeal was less than optimal. I watched the water whirlpool down the drain for a second, hearing it gurgle as the risk of flood lessened. The heavy humidity that hung in the air was already lifting as I walked back to the front door. I pulled it open, and I thought it was jammed until I realized the extra lock that snaps into place as an additional precautionary measure had been locked. Must have latched when I shut the door. I wouldn't be surprised, as the door held little of my attention after walking into a sauna. I removed the lock and opened the door to leave. Once I saw the carpeted hallway, I sighed a breath of relief. I stepped out and swung the door shut without looking back at the room dripping with condensation. But after a second step back towards the elevator, I was jostled back like the dog at the end of their leash. I turned around, hands still on the door handle. It was almost closed, but the deadbolt jutted out, catching on the frame. It was the lock that initiated automatically when the door was shut in place. However, this one was engaged already, as if it were closed. Forgetting my unease of the room, I bent over the lock and groped it to see if it was broken or jiggly or anything that would explain its malfunction. But no, it was just a lock. I wiggled the door handle up and down, and it returned to its nesting nook within the door. So odd, I muttered to myself. A tingling sensation sprouted on my neck as if I weren't alone, and I looked behind me into the hallway. Well, of course I wasn't alone, I reminded myself. I was in a hotel. But the hallway behind me was empty without even the ding of an elevator. I returned my attention to the door that seemed back to normal. My breath was heavier and sounded more like a panting dog, and I noticed the minute shaking of my hand as I laid it back on the handle. See you never, room 236, I said. Once again, I began to shut the door and checked my front pocket to see if my list of other hotel options was there. I certainly would be needing it. This time I faced the door to make sure no more tricks were pulled. I swung the door quickly, more than ready to get off this level. It moved smoothly and reached the doorframe, and my whole body melted off ten pounds of stress. I expected a loud slam of the door, which I wouldn't even have been ashamed of. Sorry, hotel residents, that one's all on me. But there was no slam. I couldn't quite register it, but my hand was still wrapped around the doorknob, and the door was now in the hallway. Instead of the lock jutting out, it was now hiding within its nook while the door defied hinge logic. Last time I checked, a door wasn't supposed to swing both ways. It either opens in or opens out, but this one had 180 degrees of motion. A sudden fury swept over me. Fury at what? I'm not quite sure. Maybe it was spurred because the world was supposed to operate in one way, and in the past five minutes, everything that should be normal was anything but. With that unadulterated anger, that was probably just a manifestation of fear. I slammed the door with all my might. I expected it to swing all the way to the room's inner wall and crack it, because why not at this point? But instead, a thunderclap of sound greeted me as the door locked into place in its frame. The walls shook, only for a second, but my apologies to the hotel residents still stood. I'd never seen an entry look so normal yet so ominous. The admiration of the carved wood had morphed into disgust. Miss Trenton? A warm hand laid upon my shoulder, and I tripped over my feet as I jumped at the new presence. 
Miss Trenton, the woman repeated. By the name tag pinned on her form-fitting dress, I was able to process she was the manager, coming to check in on Courtney's friend. I let her know there would be no Haley Trenton rooming at Sunshine Suites. Not now and not ever. She took it quite well, with a polite nod and deepest apologies, but I was already stumbling down the staircase like a cup of jello by the time she wished me well. Yes, that was rune 236, and it's quite funny because the number 236 was specifically ingrained in my memory from my dream. I had that number, and I remembered that number, and so I held on to it, and it's very similar to room 217 from Stephen King's The Shining, as I mentioned in the story, and that must be something subconscious, but... I thought it was very odd. We stuck on level two and had the same kind of hotel encounter with a shower, but this time there's nothing in the shower. It's just the door. The door was what was so weird in my dream. And I hope it registers to you when listening to the story slash reading it, if you are following along, um, that the door was locked. Um, and she hadn't locked it, and then she's trying to close it, and it gets stuck on the lock, and then she opens it again, and it opens into the hallway, which makes no sense. Um, so, yes, it was... Sorry, I just had a pause because I had to think about if doors swung both ways. Doors do not swing both ways. I just went and checked on a door, so sorry about that weird pause. Um, but yes, doors don't swing both ways, and so this door was really being crazy. Also, the fact that the water had been running, and I feel like a common ghost thing is water turning on by itself, and I kind of imagine that the room had been made up and ready for her to view. And then at one point before she walks in, you know, like somebody has the water running and somebody is not a person who works at the hotel. So take that as you will. I believe in ghosts. So here we go. <laughs> it's a ghost. Uh, yes, but she is, you can have whatever backstory for her you want. I have my dream backstory as to why she is looking for hotels. Um, because obviously I was telling you about the Home Depot job, it has something to do with that. Uh, but I thought I would skip all the backstory and get right into the creepiness of the hotel room. Uh, but I'm curious what kind of backstory you would give her and why she's looking at hotels um, in New York and staying there kind of as a little residence for a short time. Um, but anyways, that is room 236. I feel a little all over the place, but I hope you enjoyed that. And I'll catch you with another episode probably in two weeks. I'm kind of doing it bi-weekly at this point. So see you then. Bye.